The good, the bad, and the ugly. With Terence Pillay. Hello, Terence. Hello, Darren. Dodgy pastors, hey? It's so hard to find nowadays. <laughs> Listen, I tell you what, in, in, in doing the story, I was uh, a little sad, I have to say. I was outraged, as most people are going to be. Um, so what happened was there was a, a, a bunch of people. Uh, there was an ad taken out on a Christian radio station. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ad said that for 3,500 rand, they can um, go to Israel, a holy pilgrimage mm-hmm. to Israel. And this is what he promised. For 3,500 rand? Yeah. Hang I on. can't even get a return flight to Cape Town. 100% right So this is what was promised Flights from Durban Taxes and transfers Three and four star accommodation Licensed English speaking guide for touring Buffet breakfast and dinner daily Entrance fees to all sites Travel insurance up to age 69 Egypt visas Bellboys caps and bagpacks What? Sounds too good to be true Yeah Well it was Take a listen Mandy, tell me what happened when you heard an advert on radio for a holy pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Yes, we've heard an ad at, uh, well, it was a Christian radio station, and this pastor, uh, he was providing a trip to Israel for 3,500 rand per person. He then went on to have a gathering at a, a church in um, Chatsworth and um, explained to us how we were going to go to Israel for 3500 He had a turnout for about 500 people. The money was due to be paid in June 2015. We did pay, of course, and then on the second meeting after that, he asked us to send proof of payments and then to sign in a contract after that. He then notified everybody that the travel agency will not be uh, doing the trip anymore. And so did the dream come true? No, of course not. The story changed when we reached December 2016 and January 2017. So what he did was invested all the money that we gave him. And after that, he told everybody that the investment did not work out. So when he first advertised and said you were going on this holy yes. pilgrimage, at that time, yes. did he tell you that in order for this trip to be a reality, he would have to take that no. money and invest it? No. He said he had a dream from God. And he said that God laid it upon his heart that he will be a dream maker and a first-time achiever. And at that time, he said nothing about investments. We, of course, only found out after we all had to do EFTs into that uh, account that he has given us. But uh, before that, he had not said anything about investments. He just said that he wants to fund the stuff. And everything was about his dream and what God said to him. So... Basically, everybody fell prey to that. It was something so unbelievable. Mm. At that point, everybody trusted the man of God. So you forked so. out 10,500 rand for three yes. people. Um, yes. Is it easy for, for that kind of money to come, come by for you? No, of course not. I mean, you know what? It, it, was, uh, it was savings that we had for something else. We took out the savings and, and you know what? We, we invested it there because we knew that it was going to materialize in December 2016, which was a long time from then because it was just a year. I appeared in, in, in June 2015. Mm. And um, in December, we, everybody was under the influence that we are going to leave. It was so realistic. Uh, I mean, he, everything was just a real thing until we actually arrived at that date. And nothing materialized and he didn't have meetings and he kept on avoiding everybody when everybody's asking him but apparently the investment story came out a few months after everybody had paid so do you feel like you have been scammed 
Yes, definitely. I mean, it was a scam. It was a huge scam. I mean, I would never entrust anybody with not even five rand in the years to come if they had to approach me. It was a big wake-up call, I would think. And not only me, my family members as well. I, I think uh, he's just um, made us all aware that the uh, scammers are real, hey? The schemes mm. and people that are fraudulent, it's very, very real and scary as well. So this uh, scam artist, was this sort of like a, a fly-by-night online Nigerian prince? No. Or was this a bona fide pastor with a practice in the church? And legit pastor with a practice and everything. The fact of the matter was he took people's money, um, he, he uh, public funds, and he then, without telling them, invested it in a Ponzi scheme and lost all the money. Mm. Um, he was also, he's not a registered financial services provider, so he had no right to do any of that. Mm. Terence, I get so angry when you bring these stories to me. Um, and it's always people that don't have money and the most gullible yeah. and the most desperate people in society that are, that are preyed upon. Yeah. And I want to ask this question. You listening right now, if a financial advisor or a bank or any institution came to you and said, guys, I had a dream last night and the voices in my head told me to get all my friends to invest in this company. Let's do it. Give me your money and invest because the voices were in my head. Would you make that investment? No, I don't think you would. But then why do you believe anyone who's got the word pastor behind their name to invest that kind of money as well? Why, why does that make it different? I agree with that. And the fact is, th these were people who dipped into their savings. But... Uh, the correction there is, uh, he didn't tell them up front that he was investing their money. He told them they were going on a holy pilgrimage. It was a holy trip to nowhere, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so he, uh, they, they gave him 3,500 rand, and he then took that money and invested it in a Ponzi scheme. Which so he didn't failed. tell them up front, which failed, obviously. Um, but uh, he didn't tell them up front, I'm going to invest your money, and yeah. then you're going to go. So to he lied to them yeah. about getting the money, yeah. and then lied about where he was putting the money. 100%. And... As I mentioned earlier, he's not even a financial services provider. Um, so I caught up with him this week. Basil, we have received some complaints about a trip that you had organized to Israel and yes. monies that were yes. paid into it and then not given back when the trip didn't materialize. Could I ask you a few questions about it? Okay, no problem. All right. So this trip that you organized to Israel, uh, what year was that in? Uh, look, this was about three years ago. What's the reason you're asking me this question? The reason I'm asking this is that some of the people who had actually paid for these trips had called in saying that they were trying to uh, get their money back, but it's proving impossible because... Before you do that, maybe you should have a word with my wife because she's handling the entire thing. And at the moment, we are going to a separation, right? Okay. So would the attorney, she's taking the total responsibility, would be what I'm saying. Well, I think the allegations are against you, so I would have to ask you, because you had arranged meetings initially with the groups of people when they first handed these monies over to you. Also, they claim that you told them that it was then invested and that investment had fallen through. Is that yeah, correct? That is why I, I told them if they need the money, please put it in writing, which other people have done. At least 80% of them got their money back, and all they need to do is fill in a cancellation form, and Mrs. Chetty would sort it out. A cancellation so of what? Oh, sorry, should I say a request for a refund? Okay. So have, have you not invested this money that they had paid to go on a trip Look, to Israel? I've done that. Unfortunately, it fell apart, but I've not lost hope. And I think the problem lies in the fact that these people say that they were under the impression that the monies that they were paying no to you... Thing. I'm telling you, I'm a man of integrity. There's well, no can I, can I finish? 
they say that the monies that they gave to you were for tickets and a trip to Israel. But then subsequently to that, you told them you invested that money. But they had no idea that there was going to be an investment of that money. Yeah. You see, Kevin, the idea was to invest it to try and get that money. But unfortunately, you know, I got into this Ponzi scheme. And that is why I'm saying to them, if they need the money, they must just request for it and they will get it. Did you tell them that up front? Look, we can go on speaking, Kevin. All I'm saying to you is, if they request the money, you will get it back. But you know what I need to No, but I'm asking you, did, did you up front tell them that the only way that they can get to Israel is that if you take that money and invest it somewhere? Kevin, there's no way you could take somebody out to Israel for 3000 So why did you promise them that? Sorry? So why did you promise them that? Do you think it's fair to take money from people who are using their savings and invest that somewhere with the hope that this was going to happen? Tell me one person that has not got the money. Look, everything is a risk today, okay? But the thing is, I'm still saying to the very few people that I had a meeting with, if you believe and if you have trust in God, right? We will go. I'm not running away. I'm still answering the phone. I'll answer anybody's phone call. And I'm just trusting that if you don't believe, then take your money off. Yeah. So, let me tell you <laughs> about what happened with this pastor, right? I then did, I, I, I did some more research and I found his Facebook site. This is not the first time that um, this uh, Basil Chetty has been involved in a call for investment. I screen grabbed a few of his Facebook posts that read, I'm looking for an investor who wants to partner with 50% share, net profit, uh, 450,000 Rand per month, capital injection, 300,000 Rand. Then another one, it says, join one life. Trust me, you'll be super rich by next year. Ignorance is a killer. Get your financial breakthrough today. So the fact of the matter is he's not new to this, to this, to this uh, kind investment of to kind of this inv- investment scenario. But the fact of the matter is, so they arrived here this morning. Mm. Um, the, the, uh, there was a messenger from his lawyer arrived here with a massive box with, um, with uh, what do you call those uh, proof of payments mm. of people that they refunded. I spoke to his wife, like he suggested, and I spoke to him yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they told me that 80% of the monies had been returned. Okay. Um, from those proof of payments that they brought this morning, I counted 85 uh, returns. But I can't say uh, if there were more than one payment within those 85, you know, it could, could, could be more. Mm-hmm. But that is not even the, the, the point of the story. The mm. point of the story is that you cannot take public funds mm. and invest them privately in the hope of making a windfall and mm. then returning the money or taking these people to Israel or whatever else he said. The other thing is, why should they apply to him in writing for a refund? He took their money. It's their money. They paid for something, mm. didn't get it. Why should they go now through this trouble of trying to retrieve this money from exactly. him? Exactly. All right. Thank, thank you for bringing us this story. And, uh, and any further developments, we'll be sure to find out from you. I will keep you posted. Thank you, Terence. Thanks, Darren.